Oh my god, talk get about the hell out of here. You can dude. talk about Rogers get the hell out of here. Okay. Well, what is the need to bring up the Yankees? You it's just, I it's just it's just stuff to bring up. Are you kidding me? Come on, dude! This came out of nowhere! Clemson is a top team. Don't start with that. Clemson's a top team, no doubt. A hundred percent. Unless they're on Saturday. Then, then they might move down. Welcome back to Go Chat. We are finally back. We took a little hiatus, if you want to call it, uh, uh, when we were moving into college. We're uh, the three of us, um, and unfortunately Mike's not with us this semester, but still we're together on zoom still grinding out a couple go chat episodes we're probably gonna move one to one to one a week uh we'll we'll to let you guys know what we decided to do but we're back it's episode 71 if you if you guys want a little refresher we go with the go to the week first hopefully you guys remember that after 70 episodes but still go to number 71 tommy i'm gonna start with you who do you think is the go of the number 71 I'm going to go with the Hall of Famer, Walter Jones. He's a nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro, and he played his entire career with the Seattle Seahawks, put together a really good career for them. Um, and, yeah, I got to go with uh, him for the go the number 71. Connor, who are you going to go with? Yeah, I'm going to have to agree with Tommy here with Walter Jones. I mean, he's mentioned Hall of Famer, nine-time Pro Bowler, four-time All-Pro. He's a part of the Hall of Fame All-2000s team. Um, he started in every game that he played. He did have a couple uh, missed games throughout his career, but he also had eight consecutive Pro Bowl appearances to end his career from, I think, 2002 up until 2008. Or no, like 2000 to 2008 or something along those lines. So that that's a very impressive um, streak as an offensive tackle in the NFC. So that's definitely impressive. So Walter Jones is here for number 71. Mike? Yeah, I, I got I to gotta agree. Um, it was just... Uh, one of the best blindside tackles um, in the mid in the mid 2000 late 19 1990s era. Um, Walter Jones just just really just really a, a block at that left tackle position. He was he was great for the Seahawks. I'm gonna have to disagree with you guys. I'm kind of shocked that um, nobody else went with this guy. I'm gonna go with Danny Malkin, uh, who plays for the Pittsburgh Penguins um, alongside Cindy Crosby. Just we talk about that Penguins team, especially in our uh, in our age, you know, since we've been growing up, the, that Penguins team is pretty good. I mean, they're three time Stanley Cup winner. Uh, but with Malkin's sake, he's a two time Ross Trophy winner. Uh, he won the Hart Trophy in 2011, 2012 season, a Calder Trophy, Pearson, Conn Smythe. Um, just he's absolutely been amazing alongside Sidney Crosby with that Pittsburgh Penguins team. And um He's just had a really good impact for that Penguins, for that Penguins team, and that's why I decided to pick him. You know, and I also had um, the only NHL game I went to was actually the Penguins game on my brother's birthday in 2016 against the Canucks. He actually scored a hat trick, which was kind of cool because I'm pretty sure he was on my fancy team at that time, so I was like hype. But still, he's just such a great player. Um, really, really physical guy, especially at a center position. So I'm gonna go with him. Yeah, I got, I got to change my pick here. I totally forgot about him. I'm going with Malkin, too. I mean, he's averaging over a, a point a game for his career, especially, like, the era that he played. It's not like the uh, 1980s where it was a lot easier. This is, like, the mid-2000s where some of the best defensive, like, Nick Lidstrom played. 
So I, I'm going with Malkin here 100%. I, I totally slipped my mind. I mean, this is a quick throwback to like episode 27 when Tommy went to Vladimir, <laughs> when Vladimir Guerrero and we all three of us went Mike Trout. So, I mean, that, that was that was the look on Mike's face. I saw it. How many times have we brought that up since that? I feel like at least – Not enough. Not enough times. Oh, my gosh. That was something. Well, guys, we are so happy to be back. Um, there was big news in the MLB on Friday night, so we're going to get into that. We have some recent MLB news that we didn't cover since we were all moving into college. So we're going we're gonna to get down into some MLB news when we're back with GoChat. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. We're going to have a baseball segment now. Some big news in recent weeks about baseball. I know that Matt's super excited for this one. Um, but first, we have to start with Nolan Arenado being traded from the Colorado Rockies to the St. Louis Cardinals. Huge blockbuster trade. Um, the Rockies, in exchange, acquired $50 million in some top prospects from St. Louis. But obviously, Arenado, the big piece in that deal, um, you know, really shakes up the NL or the NL Central, which isn't really a strong division. So it kind of makes uh, St. Louis, the front runners there, but I want to get your thoughts on it. Connor, what do you think? Well, I think this immediately gives um, the St. Louis Cardinals the best corner infielders, <clears throat> not in, maybe not in the MLB, but at least in the National League. I mean, Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt. Paul Goldschmidt's been so consistently good since he's been with the, uh, the Cardinals there. Um, and then you add Nolan Arenado, who's a power hitter. No, I mean, Maybe he doesn't hit as many home runs because Colorado, I mean, the high elevation, like the ball flies out of that field. But, I mean, it's Nolan Arenado. He's going to be a great a great cornerstone piece for the, the St. Louis Cardinals. Um, but the Rockies are getting a lot back in, in return. I don't know the specific names of the prospects, but there are quite a few prospects going over to Colorado, who is in rebuild mode. They feel like they've been rebuild mode um, the past couple of seasons. And it was just right to get Nolan Arenado off the team to really continue this rebuild and get younger. So, I mean, this is definitely a great move for both sides. It was something that had to be done, something that's been in the work for the past couple of seasons. Nolan Arenado's name has always been floating around about someone to get traded. And I'm happy for him to see that it has finally happened. I agree, Connor. And you mentioned that the Rockies, they, they've lost some players. want to acknowledge Daniel Murphy, their second baseman, longtime New York Met as well. He retired yesterday. So that's another piece they're losing. But no, you said I don't think necessarily the power numbers will quite be what they were in Colorado, but he's by far the best third baseman in the league. And those numbers are still going to be up there. Um, you know, the altitude doesn't play that much of a factor. But and, you know, you can't. Um, you know, his defense, that's not going to change anywhere he goes because he's one of the best third basemen I've ever seen. But, Mike, what do you think? Yeah, I, I think this is a huge move for the Cardinals. I would, even before this trade, I think the Cardinals were the best team in the in a week NL Central. Now I just think this uh, puts them over the top and really vaults them into playoff contender status. Um, I love Nolan Arenado as a player. Um, I'm a little nervous about, like, obviously, like the splits he hits, like, 320 at home, only 263 away for his career. But um, the ball definitely won't fly as much outside of cores, but he's still a, a really, really good hitter anyways. You know, he still gets on base, still hits the ball really hard. And, of course, probably the best um, fielding third baseman I've ever seen in my lifetime, eight-time gold glove, four-time platinum glove. I mean, how many people can say they've done that? 
So even if he doesn't put up the the hitting numbers that he did at uh, Coors Field, um, I there's nothing in my mind that says he won't make a major impact for the Cardinals and that they won't win the division this year because of the move they made. And plus, they really didn't give up any uh, major league level players, so they're just adding on to what they have. Absolutely. And then one thing that's important to note, too, is that he signed through 2026, so they have him uh, for quite a while after this. Uh, Matt, what do you think? This is, uh, you know, obviously this trade is for sure a huge impact for the Cardinals, obviously putting them in a really positive rate moving forward just because how great Nolan Arenado is. So I think that this is an amazing deal for the Cardinals. I heard that uh, Arenado has been wanting to go out of Colorado for a while or he's had trade buzz or whatever you guys said. So just to see him get traded, obviously, uh, you know, asking for a trade, obviously just disgruntled or some sort with uh, the Colorado Rockies. To see him get out of there and to go somewhere with a positive uh, future like the St. Louis Cardinals getting him, it's just it's great to see. And I'm really interested to see if the St. Louis Cardinals uh, move forward and just make that extra step to go into the postseason and hopefully uh, further in. You know, it would just be a, a good thing to see, um, just making baseball more competitive, obviously. Absolutely, Matt. And um, we have anything else to add for this trade or should we move on? Well, one thing I do want to point out is that he has an opt-out in 2021 and an additional opt-out in 2022 that um, they that he added to the deal when he got, when he got dealt. But the thing is, he does have a no-trade clause. Uh, so he wanted to go to the Cardinals. He wants to go compete for a World Series title in St. Louis. So I think um, we'll, we'll see how this year goes. And if it doesn't go so smoothly, he might be opting out in the next couple of years. So let's keep an eye out for that. Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. So now we're going to transition. There's been some other big moves as well. Uh, the Yankees acquired uh, starting pitcher Jamison Tayo, and that's a big move for the Yankees to bolster their rotation. Um, Connor, you're a Yankees fan. What do, what do you think about this move? You know, I, I mean, there was – like him and Garrett Cole played in Pittsburgh before Garrett Cole then went to Houston and then finally made it to New York. And Garrett Cole – has said that Jamison Tyon is just like that that leader that you want in the clubhouse. He's going to be a guy that can go out on the mound and give you that six or seven innings consecutive, um, excuse me, consecutively, like every five every um five days. So for the Yankees to get him, I I really think I mean the Yankees' biggest problem over their past few seasons has been their starting rotation, and then this past offseason, you add a two former two-time Cy Young winner and Corey Kluber, who maybe be past his prime, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be good in the pinstripes. And you add Jameson Tyen, who is looking for a rebuild. He's coming off of his second Tommy John surgery. Definitely took a little bit of a risk on him, but I, I do think that if there was a pitcher that the Yankees could have gotten in the offseason to take the risk on and who would succeed, it would be Jameson Tyen. Obviously, it sucks to see um, Tanaka going back to Japan, for for Yankees fan purposes, but that's what he wants to do. That's where he's from. So definitely all the all the luck and wishes to Mashiro Tanaka. But also the other big news with the Yankees is, I mean, we saw the second trade in this century between the Yankees and the Red Sox, seeing Adam Anavito dealt to the Red Sox, which cleared up the money for the Yankees ultimately to get Darren O'Day, the relief pitcher from Atlanta, the 37-year-old submarine pitcher pretty cool release there so i mean yankees are yankees are bolsting up on their pitching rotation i think it's going to be fun to watch 
Absolutely, Connor. You mentioned uh, Adovino going. See, most people, they thought that, you know, it was time for him to go, or at least a lot of people did because he struggled in the postseason. I thought that he still has a lot left in the tank. I think he just had a tough season, and he had one bad outing that inflated that ERA, but, um, you know, definitely a good move for Boston. And uh, you mentioned Darren O'Day. I think that is a really good move for the Yankees. And uh, you said it with Tyone. He's coming off of Tommy John surgery. So uh, we'll see how he responds. But, you know, I think he's going to be ready to go. He He's happy to be in New York, and the Yankees have him for a couple of years. So I think it's a good move. But, uh, Mike, I want to get your thoughts on it. What do you think? Yeah, <clears throat> a couple of good move for, moves for the Yankees we saw last offseason. They went out and got their ace and Garrett Cole. But, of course, the rest of the rotation struggled. So they, they've gone out this offseason. Obviously, they've got uh, Debbie Garcia um, coming back, uh, and he showed a lot of promise last year. But they also put some veterans in there to help guide um, their young pitchers like Garcia um, with the likes of Corey Kluver and now Jamison Tyon. So I think uh, a couple good moves to, for the Yankees. We'll see, uh, you know, how this affects – their win total this year, I'm sure that they'll still be a really good team. And of course, the, the major question for them is, is always, can they stay healthy? And, uh, you know, who, who knows? They signed two um, injury-prone pitchers, second Tommy John surgery, like Connor said, for Jameson Tyon, and Corey Cooper has played eight games the past two years. So they, they took a couple risks, but um, if, if they hit, um, it's going to be a big payout for the Yankees. Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned that rotation as a Yankees fan, you got to be feeling pretty good about it head into the postseason, especially you have Garrett Cole, Corey Kluber, Jamison Tyone. Um, well, and depending on how you want to do it, Luis Severino is going to be in there somewhere. He could be anywhere from the two, three or four spot. Um, and then for the fifth spot, you know, that's still up for debate. You have Jordan Montgomery, um, Domingo Herman's a question mark, but he potentially could be in that rotation. Um, they signed Jolice Chassin, who's another uh, solid pitcher. They signed him to a minor league deal. So lots of options. And, you know, it's funny to think just a few weeks ago where the Yankees were with their rotation about a month ago to where they are today. So uh, you have to like it if you're a Yankees fan. Matt, what do you think? Tommy, I'm not going to lie to you. You just threw out like 20 names that just <laughs> didn't ring a bell with me. But still. <laughs> All right. Um, but still, obviously, the Yankees, they're making the right moves to get uh, hopefully get to the back to the World Series, what they've really wanted for the past. When was the last time they were in it? 2009? Or yeah, so, so they obviously want to go back there and, you know, just making those moves, trying to help that pitching rotation is obviously going to be for the better in the future for them. Um, and, and I'm hoping to see next year. I'm hoping to see the Yankees back into the postseason, back into the World Series, I mean. You know, it's just that they've been long due. We all thought they were going to make it last year. They didn't uh, get there. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm hoping for your guys' sake that they get there next year, uh, you know, especially for Tommy's sake, Connor's sake too, you know. But you got to love Tommy. But still, Thank you. I hope he's back in. Um, you know, just just for – I got a lot of friends who are Yankees fans too. So just for all of them, it's, it's long due and they deserve it. So hopefully this pitching rotation help uh, helps them moving forward. Yeah. And Tommy, you know, you were kind of just giving out your, your kind of broad um, projected starting rotation for the Yankees. I actually wrote down my one, one myself. I think I have Garrett Cole, 
Luis Severino, I think if he's healthy, he's absolutely a top pitcher there in that rotation. Then you got Corey Kluber, um, Jameson Tyne, and that that five spot is really so open because you have you have Chassin, you have Montgomery, you have Domingo Herman, you have Clark Schmidt if he can be effective, you have Davy Garcia. <clears throat> they just have so many very good young pitching prospects who can step up. I mean, we saw Davy Garcia make his MLB debut last season in a 60 game season, and he looked pretty. He looked very promising. So, as Yankee fans, the the future is bright for the pitching rotation. Absolutely, Kyle. <clears throat> um, a team that we mentioned, or a team that is going to be competing against the Yankees, and a big threat is the Toronto Blue Jays, who have really improved their team at all positions. It seems like. Um, first, I want to start with. Uh, they acquired George Springer about a week ago, center fielder from the Houston Astros. That's a huge move for them. Some people thought he might go to the Mets, um, but he ended up being in Toronto and can't say enough about him. He can be your leadoff guy and he has speedy hits for power for average. Um, you know, his numbers have been down the past couple of years, but I certainly think he's someone that can make an impact in that lineup. Um, I'll start with you, Mike. What do you think? I think it's a, <clears throat> excuse me, I think it's a great move for the Blue Jays, you know, really filling a need out there in center field. Um, George Springer, although, you know, his regular season numbers aren't, you know, astronomical, they're still really good. He'll still hit for almost 40 home runs in the season, almost 100 RBIs, right? But especially the impact when he gets to the postseason, we know George Springer is one of those guys when he gets in the postseason, he just goes out and gets to a higher level and performs much, much better. I think he could be a leader for a really young Toronto Blue Jays team. I think he can uh, be a veteran presence and really teach them how uh, the MLB game should be approached and how um, they, if they want to take their game to the next level and become a World Series contender, I think George Springer can help them out, um, guiding them through that journey. So I think it's a fantastic uh, signing for the Blue Jays now and for the future. I think he's going to make a a big, big impact on the Blue Jays. Absolutely. And just taking a look at his power numbers in 2019, he had 39 home runs. And then the shortened season, he, he had 14 as well. So um, really good addition to that lineup. Connor, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, the Blue Jays would have been really good if they also got Michael Brantley. But I, I was very happy to see him go back to Houston. I didn't want him in Toronto. He's, he's a very good outfielder, and I don't want him competing in that American League East. No, George, George Springer is a great player. Um, he is going to do great things up there in Toronto. And then you add him with Marcus Semien, who they also acquired. And then you have Vladimir Guerrero Jr., who looks – he looks insane. He looks like he's shredded down probably 30 pounds and added it all onto muscle. He, he looks like he's going to be a top um, third baseman. He, he looks like he's going to get his power numbers up quite a bit this season. Is this another LeBron situation? No, not at all. But like, if you if you see a picture of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. from last year to this year, like, there's a huge difference. He has absolutely toned himself up and is ready for for that big league push for those higher. Um... Now it's absolutely toned, not absolutely ripped. But gone. You know, guys. You know, guys. I'm just trying. You know what? I'm a big fan of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I really think he has a very high ceiling in the MLB. I'm just saying that his transition from last year to this year is huge, and I think it's going to pay off incredibly well for him and the Blue Jays organization. You know what? That's all I'm going to say. Marcus Semien's a big signing, too. I'm done getting bullied on Goat Chat. Well, 
Connor. I feel bad for you, but no, I um I agree with the Marcus Semyon move. And what's really interesting about that is that he was a shortstop his whole career with Oakland, and he's going to play second base with the Blue Jays. So it'll be interesting to see how he transitions over to second. Um, we all know he's a great fielder. I'm sure he'll be just fine, but. Obviously, they have Bo Bichette there at shortstop, one of the faces of the franchise. Um, so they weren't going to move him. But, you know, Semyon's really versatile. So I think that's a really good move as well. Uh, Matt, what do you think about the Blue Jays move? Um, I would just like to point out, you're, Connor, you're a fan of Vlad Guerrero Jr., but Tommy's a huge fan of Vlad Guerrero Sr. that he had to pick him for going number 27 over Mike Trout. <laughs> that's true. I mean, they're both great, so... <laughs> no, but but still, obviously, this Blue Jays um, getting George Springer first off, I feel bad for Houston fans. They're just losing everything, everything about their city, you know, with with Deshaun Watson too coming soon. But still, uh, getting getting uh, George Springer, I, I know he's a really good athlete. He's a really good baseball player. Was on my fantasy team. So uh, still, just just getting him that that's making the AL East even more competitive with the Yankees. So. Um, yeah, it's just a really good, a great signing. And like, like you said, Tommy, Bo Bichette, you know, uh, Connor said Vlad Guerrero, that they have a lot of power there, that they're a team that can definitely make it to the playoffs and maybe even go further. Absolutely. Um, and one final move that I want to bring up for the Blue Jays is that they signed uh, reliever Kirby Yates, which I think is huge for their bullpen. Um, he had a rough 2020, but, you know, you can really disregard that. He only pitched six games and um, he had a 12.46 ERA, but that's nothing to worry about in just a few games. So uh, take a look at his last full season. He was outstanding uh, with the San Diego Padres, a 1.19 ERA in 60 games pitched. And uh, he led the National League with 41 saves, which, you know, it's really impressive to see. And, um, you know, he's a former Yankee as well to think about where he's come since then. So really good move uh, for Toronto. They're improving their team um, in all facets of the game. So definitely going to be interesting to see what they can do. I think I think one last team that we should touch on is the Philadelphia Phillies. One of the biggest uh, free agents this entire offseason was uh, JT Real Muto, and he did decide to stay in Philadelphia. And the news actually did just come out as we're filming this that Didier Gregorius is reportedly staying in Philadelphia for two years. Obviously, as a Yankee fan, I would have loved to see him back in pinstripes. I'm a huge fan of Didi. But, you know, he's there in um, Philadelphia. He's with Joe Girardi, another former um, Yankee and Yankee former Yankee manager. So Philadelphia is definitely going to be a team to watch. I think they didn't quite hit their ceiling where they thought they could have last year. I think they're going to go above and beyond that in a, a normal MLB season when you get Bryce Harper, JT Real Muto. Um, and Didi Gregorius all going uh, full swing. What do you think about that, Tommy? I think it's great. Um, I didn't hear about the Didi signing, so that's great. Um, you know, I'm happy for him that he's in Philadelphia. You mentioned he's with Joe Girardi, and he put together a really good 2020. He played in all 60 games for the Phillies, he's hit 10 home runs, hit 284. And, you know, Yankee fans know what he can do. He's outstanding over there at shortstop, and um, you know, I'm happy that he's there in Philadelphia, and that's a really, really tough NL East division. So um, it's very important for the Phillies to have JT. Uh, we all know what he can do behind the plate, um, you know, and offensively. So that's a big move. And then 
You know, Didi, he's one of the most uh, dynamic shortstops in the league, I would think. Um, and he's certainly a player that they need uh, if they're going to be competitive because you take a look at the Braves, the Mets, um, you know, the Marlins even made the postseason. Um, and the Nationals are really good. So, no, I, the Nationals are really – they're a sneaky team. We haven't talked about them, but they added Josh Bell uh, over the offseason, Kyle Schwarber. Um, Brad Hand. What did you say? Brad Hand. Brad Hand, that's right, another good reliever that they added. So I think that it's going to be really competitive. I mean, the Marlins might be the weakest team in that division, I would say. And they made the postseason last year, so that's going to be a fun division to watch for sure. What do you think, Mike? What's your thoughts? I, I think it's great that, you know, they signed, re-signed the best catcher in baseball, JT Ramoto, can hit, field, throw out people. Um, he's absolutely fantastic behind the plate. And uh, obviously, Didi is another good signing for them, you know, keeping the players that really contributed a lot to them last year. But um, they really haven't fixed the, the problems that plagued them last year and didn't allow them to get to the playoffs, starting pitching. Um, they really didn't add anyone. They have Spencer Howard, a prospect coming up that could make an impact, but they have like really like four starting pitchers now with Nola Wheeler, Eflin and Howard. And they, at, I don't know if Archie Black Bradley was on their team last year. I don't think so, but he's in the, their bullpen now. And, uh, yeah, they just added him, um, this off season to one year, 6 million deal but even if that's not going to shore up one of the worst bullpens in the whole league the Phillies really need to make some more moves especially after the Mets just traded for Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco after the why, why are you giving me that you you were freaking about <laughs> over the Yankees signed Corey Kluber and Jameson Tyon but whatever we'll move on from that we're in the NL East now and the Nationals, they made, they made some big moves with uh, Josh Bell and uh, Brad Hand. I really think Josh Bell could have a bounce-back season after um, really exploding two years ago. And I think uh, Washington could be the place to do it. So um, the NL East is going to be really competitive, and the Phillies are going to have to do more if they want to compete for a playoff spot. Matt, I know, I know this MLB segment has been so much fun for you, but we are actually giving you the last word. You have the last word in the MLB segment. So what are your thoughts? No, these are two people that I actually know that are that are big signings to keep for the Philadelphia Phillies. Obviously, they have Bryce Harper, and I really want to see Bryce Harper win a, a World Series. He's one of my favorite players since I uh, started watching baseball, which honestly wasn't that long ago. But still, um, you know, I watched Bryce Harper in Syracuse too. Anyways, um, two really great signings for the Phillies. I really hope that they can make a deep run um, in the playoffs in the postseason and even though, you know, division rivals, I guess. But uh, still, I, I'd like to see the Phillies. I'd like to see Didi. I mean, I, I, I respect Didi, even though he was a Yankee. He's a really good player. One of my friends was a huge fan of his and at the Yankees. So still, and obviously, Real Muto, the, the best catcher of, in baseball right now. So those, those are two huge signings. Well, I think that's going to kind of wrap up our MLB free agency segment here, free agent or MLB accusation segment here. We did miss a couple names. Definitely, we'll maybe you guys can drop those names down in the comments. We'll give you guys a little chance to see if we, you guys know the names that we missed. But uh, we're going to get with our GOAT picks now. Welcome back to GOAT Chat. We're going to finish off this episode with the GOAT picks. You check out the leaderboard. Connor is literally off. He's literally, ah. he's, he just fell off. 
He, he thought <laughs> 13 and 17. Tommy and I are 17 and 13. Mike's 18 and 12. Connor, do you have any any thoughts? How are we going to come back? This is a three-month competition. I have until the end of March. I am confident in my abilities to get back in this. All right, let's see your abilities this, this time around. First game we got is the Dallas Stars and the Carolina Hurricanes. This game is on Sunday, so you guys, it's today. And with you guys watching this, depending if you're watching it, if you're watching on the first day, which you, you better be, but still, it's today. Mike, who are we going to go with? This is a really tough uh, game here. Both teams who have been shaken up by uh, COVID, um, they've only played four games apiece. I'm going to have to go with the Hurricanes. I think both teams are really, really good. But I just think I'll, I'll give the Hurricanes the edge here, and they'll give Dallas their first loss of the season. Who do I go with? I, I think I'm going to go with Dallas. Um, they both have four games, like you said, Mike. But I don't know. Dallas is Dallas has got that. They're four and zero. They got that winning streak of four. Obviously, I just think I'm just going to roll with them. Roll, roll on. Hopefully, they get that winning streak of five. Tommy, who are you going to go with? I'm going to agree. I have to go with Dallas here. I just think that they're slightly better. I think that the Hurricanes are a great team as well. They are the home team, so I think it's a great pick, Mike. But, um, yeah, I got to go with Dallas for this one. And Connor. I think I'm going to go with Dallas here as well. Okay, next game we got is the Colorado Avalanche and the Minnesota Wild. This game is also today, later today at night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Mike, who are you going to go with? The Wilder home, Tommy, just to let you know. I'm going with Colorado. They, they've had kind of an up-and-down start this season, but they are by far one of the most talented teams in the NHL. And the Wild are always consistently pretty good, but I, I really don't think that that's going to trump what the Avalanche have and the Avalanche are going to win this game. Yeah, I'm going to have to go with Colorado, too. They're, they're in my opinion, the best team in NHL uh, based on talent-wise. And I just think – that. I don't I, they're just a better team in this case like you said Mike Tommy who are you gonna go with I'm gonna agree I gotta go with Colorado in this one um you know it's gonna be close as you mentioned they're both five and three but gotta give the edge to Colorado and Connor I'm gonna play this one safe here and go Colorado Avalanche as well all right, and then we got two NBA games. Um, the first one that we're going to do is Clippers-Nets. I want to say this on Tuesday. Is that right? Yes, the, the two NBA games are Tuesday. Okay, so Clippers-Nets. Mike, who are you going to go with? Oh, boy. Um, this is going to be a really good game. Uh, I, I'm going to go with the Nets here. I think KD will be back. Um, he kind of had some uh, injury management issues uh, last night against the Thunder, I think, they played. Um, so I'm going to go with the Nets here. They've, they've exploded offensively ever since acquiring James Harden. And no matter how many points the Clippers are, are going to put up, I think just the Nets will put up more. I'm going to go with the Nets too. What's, what's been going on with Paul George and Kawhi? I, I haven't been like. Um, they, they've been out the past couple games, but they came back last night and they beat the Magic. They, they beat the Heat the, a couple nights before that too. By four without Kawhi and Paul George, just throwing that so out bad. there. Like, let's not even talk about the Heat. The Heat looks so bad. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go with Brooklyn. Just you know, acquiring James Harden. I think they're they're the better team here. Tommy, I gotta go with Brooklyn too. Over their last ten games, they're eight and two, so they're really starting to roll. And um, yeah, I certainly think it's gonna be Brooklyn this one. And Connor. Yeah, I'm gonna go Brooklyn as well. I I just I. 
I don't like the Clippers, and I think the Nets just have it all. I think after acquiring James Harden, they have they have all the pieces available to them to to go deep in the East. So I'm going to go with the Nets. Yeah, nobody likes the Clippers. Don't worry about it. Uh, last Mike game does. we got. Mike does. Mike really likes the Clippers. Last game we got is the team that Mike likes, the Boston Celtics, going up against the Golden State Warriors. This game is also on Tuesday night. Uh, Mike, who are you going to go with? I'm going with the Celtics. They, they are finally getting uh, fully healthy. Kim Walker's coming back. He's recovering from knee injury. Jason Tatum just came off the, the COVID list. And Jalen Brown is looking like the most improved player in the NBA by far. Fantastic, fantastic season so far. Especially, he's he's been super efficient, which is why his numbers have really, really skyrocketed. Um, obviously, Steph Curry, top five player in the league, no doubt. But the rest of the team is lacking, and I'm going with the Celtics here, no doubt. Yeah, I'm gonna, there's really no doubt here. I thought this was an easy pick. I'm going to go with Boston, and I think that they're just a more complete team. Obviously, like Mike said, Jalen Brown is absolutely balling out, and then when you're getting Jason Tatum back, just overall, just a really great team. Obviously, you know, they lost to the Sixers twice, but that's okay. Um, go with Celtics. Tommy? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to disagree. I'm going to go with the Warriors in this one. Um, I think Steph Curry and Draymond are going to have a big game. Um, you know, they're going to have to if they're going to beat the Celtics. You mentioned they're in really good shape with some players coming back, but um, I'm going to take Golden State. Dan Connor, finish this off. I have to go with the Celtics here. I mean, we mentioned Jalen Brown. Can we rewind to the fantasy basketball draft when I picked him? I mean, he's been so efficient on my fantasy basketball team. So, I mean, one of the top – well, he's easily going to become one of the top players in the NBA. I could actually see him potentially passing Jason Tatum as the best player on the Boston Celtics. It's going to, it, that's going to take a lot for him, but I, I truly believe that Jalen Brown can do that. Um, Kemba Walker also came out and said that he doesn't want Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown to adjust to him coming back, that Kemba will be the one to adjust. So there's that great chemistry there. Hopefully Kemba can actually mend with his teammates and uh, the Celtics are going to win this one. You know, Connor, that, that was a fantastic for your one in four team. I mean, Bravo to you. You really picked a fantastic team. Good job. No, I've gotten really bad matchups. I had a matchup with Matt, whose team is really good. I have a matchup with Aiden Bohm, whose team is really good. Um, I had a matchup with you, who I lost by 14 points, and I beat Tommy last week. You did. Well, I got off to a good start. I was 3-0, and and now I'm going to be 3-3. Three and three, So um, oh, Your team names everyone loves Draymond. Draymond. Nobody loves Draymond. <laughs> hey, I saw it online. I had Draymond on my team. I thought it was clever. but <laughs> Well, guys, I think that's going to wrap up a great episode 71. It is great to be back with the guys. Um, it's We're probably going to move to the one day a week um, um, episode here. Probably going to come out on Sunday. We'll let you know once we get that finalized. But with us just being back in school, we just got a lot more to focus on now. But we will continue to keep giving you guys great content. Um, our next episode is going to be the day of the Super Bowl. So we're going to have a huge Super Bowl segment there. Um, so definitely be on the lookout for that. We're excited to do that. But until then, have a great week, and we will see you next time.